The following podcast represents the opinions of the host and is for educational purposes. These are not accusations, and everybody is innocent until proven guilty in a court of law. Due to the graphic nature of this episode, listener discretion is advised. Did you know walking in there that you were going to tell us? Or did you think... I didn't... I mean, I knew there was a reason you brought me back in. I know it well for the... Um, what did you think about the polygraph? That was horrible. Why do you I'll, say that? I don't know how you do that. Why do you say that? Because <laughs> Tammy's a torturer. I am not! No, like... I mean, tell you, me. You answered... Oh, you asked me questions for like, well, like three or four hours beforehand, and then you do the polygraph, and it's like you just break down somebody's brain to where, like... Too like, much to, or too what? Too much. <laughs> Jello, and it's just like, I... I know it's... it's You guys have a job, and you have a plan, and that's... You executed it. She's thorough, right? There's no. just no... There's yeah. no way to get out of there without the truth. No, I mean, I, I kind of knew, like, where... Because right when I... You asked me about, like, Saturday night... When I told you about the rocking, I was like, man, she was like going through her head. Yeah, I was like, fucking Well, we did know, we found out about Nikki right before the polygraph. Uh, I, I figured that out after after with meeting with John and everybody that yeah. she had met with somebody from the CBI. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. the, like on the 14th or the 15th, I was just like, hey, they were talking. Oh, okay. So you already knew. So, but. I mean, I didn't know how extensive it was, but yes, we, we knew. Yeah, I, I mean, I walking in there that day, just walking into that room, I knew I wasn't walking out. Yeah. Just, just the feeling I had walking in that room. Yeah. Just seeing, all, I mean, I don't remember if the polygraph stuff was already in there. I think it was. It but, was, yeah. But it was. I knew I. I just felt. I just feel like sometimes when people, you know, do do the bad thing, and they stay, like. Some part of me thinks, well, I think they're here because they really want to tell us what happened. Because it's not normal that you want to keep all that in. Like, that just kills people on the inside. And I could tell it was killing you that day. When Chris Watts arrived at the Frederick Police Department on Wednesday, August 15th, to take his polygraph test, just two days after his family's disappearance, he was nervous. Anybody would be. But Chris Watts was hiding a dark secret. And why he would have agreed to take that polygraph test in the first place is anyone's guess. When it comes to true crime content, these interview videos are incredible. The way agents do their job just fascinates me. The way they put the suspect at ease, while at the same time digging deeper and deeper into the story. It's all real life and there's no acting. Pure emotion and genuine reactions. Chris Watts tries his best to keep things together, but little did he know agents had already spoken with Nicole Kessinger and they were well aware of their relationship. She got a head start on things and contacted police herself. After Chris Watts gave law enforcement his cell phone, they immediately began dissecting it for every piece of information they could, and they found a lot. Aside from an emotional conversation, though, Chris Watts was adamant that there was nothing suspicious about things the morning of his family's disappearance. Shanann was going on a play date with the girls, and he went to work. Just a typical day. Although Chris revealed to authorities that him and Shanann were separating, there was no cause for alarm, and he told them there was nobody else in his life. That's what he told them. But, things were starting to fall apart for Chris Watts, and his plan was beginning to crumble. And before the day was over, his life would be changed forever. As we mentioned yesterday, um, knocking out the polygraph. Um, Why don't we do that today? Why don't we do that now? Um, We'll get that out of the way when you're done. Um, This is Tammy. Did you meet Tammy yesterday? No, I was good. 
Chris would be sitting down with CBI agent Tammy Lee, who would be conducting the polygraph test. Agent Tammy Lee is an unassuming-looking woman. She has short blonde hair, and she doesn't strike you as someone who would be an agent for the Colorado Bureau of Investigation. Dressed in a black-and-white striped sweater and blue blouse, she sits cross-legged and appears cool and collected. A smile stretches thinly across her face, and everything about her seems welcoming. She reminds me of my kindergarten teacher. Kind, patient, and willing to listen. Focus on breath. Yeah. Focus on that. Let's knock it out, and then let's talk. All right. All right. All right. And Garland, you'll come in. I'll go get you when we're done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I'm going to have a seat right here, Chris. Sit on this. Yep. I know. It's, I'll explain what that is here in a little bit, yeah. but you don't have to worry. It, it's not on or anything right now. It's not gonna. It's not gonna buzz you or anything. <laughs> I've, never, I've never done this before. I know. A lot of people haven't had polygraphs before. It's not like a normal thing that people go through. Um, a lot of people like, like obviously in law enforcement. Sitting only a couple feet across from one another at the small white table. The conversation starts off on a light note. Agent Lee tries to put Chris at ease. Yes, uh, I have like, no idea like, what to expect, honestly. Yeah, so how are you feeling today? I'm sick to my stomach, honestly. Like, the first day I thought, okay, she was just somewhere. Sure. And after yesterday, all the activity at my house, I was, I didn't know, it, it went to the other extreme. I've just been like sick to my stomach that either somebody has her or she's in trouble and the kids are not safe either. Right, right. Well, and I think that's totally awesome that you're here today. I mean, I commend you. We do this in all of our missing person cases, so don't think that we're just singling you out like, oh my gosh, they want me to take a polygraph. Anytime, you know, someone was the last person to see people or, you know, there's it's a missing person case, we start from the inside and we work out. I mean, that's pretty much what we do. So I've done um, polygraphs on the Jessica Ridgway case. I don't know if you were here for that. Uh, the the name sounds familiar. The girl that went missing in Westminster. And oh, that, yeah. yeah. And then uh, just the one that we had in Thornton um, last year or the year before. Um, so we do this all the time. So don't please don't think that you're being singled out. Like this. At this point, there's no need for him to be concerned. At least, that's what they want him to think. As Agent Lee explains what's going to happen, Chris Watts looks straight ahead. He's not looking at her. He looks at the wall, nodding his head and doing his best to keep playing the part. He's nervous. And Agent Lee knows it. And at this point, she doesn't try to put him at ease. In fact, she does her best to make him uncomfortable. And it doesn't take much. Outside of the interview room, detectives and agents are watching everything unfold. Analyzing every move and everything Chris says. When you're taking a polygraph test, the machine first registers the baseline of your vital signs. Examiners then trick you into lying by asking you a series of control questions that are only distantly related to the issue they're investigating, such as, did you ever lie to get out of trouble? Or, have you ever committed a crime? Most people will answer no to such questions because they're trying to come across as honest. But examiners assume that the answer to at least one control question will really be yes. After all, you've probably lied at some point or another, and even jaywalked. As I listened to the polygraph interview, I had the feeling that Agent Tammy Lee already had her suspicions about Chris Watts' guilt. With everything she already knew going into the interview, she played her cards real close and didn't let Chris Watts know exactly how much she knew. But, Agent Lee definitely put Chris under the pressure, and right from the start she hints to Chris that this won't be as easy as he thinks. Obviously, you're probably nervous about taking today's test. Honestly, I would think something is wrong with you if you weren't nervous about coming in here to take a polygraph. Even if people are like, I don't have anything to hide, it is nerve-wracking. And I have taken tons of polygraphs, obviously, in my training. Um, I went to 10 weeks for training. I've been a polygrapher for about five years. 
Um, I went to the best school in the country. So I want you to have confidence in the fact that if you had nothing to do with this disappearance, like we're going to find that out today, okay? I have the best training that they offer in the United States. Um, I, we use the most validated testing. Um, that was the way I'm going to ask you the question. So believe me, if you had nothing to do with this, I will be able to show them that today. And obviously, I mean, I hope that you know, if you did have something to do with their disappearance, um, it would be really stupid for you to come in and take a polygraph today. Exactly. Right? Like, it would be really dumb. Like, you should not be here right now sitting in this chair if you had anything to do with Shanann and the little girl's disappearance. Okay? Okay. Even before the start of the polygraph, Agent Lee told Chris he was allowed to leave anytime he wanted to. He could get up at any point through the interview and go home, no questions asked. But in Chris Watt's mind, that wouldn't be something someone should do who just lost their whole family. In his mind, if he didn't agree to the test, things might seem suspicious. The only other reason I could think of that Chris Watts agreed to sit down and take this polygraph was that he actually thought in his mind that he could beat it. Maybe he thought that he was such a good liar that he could fake his way through it all and get on with his new life. But Chris Watts wasn't a good liar. The series of events leading up to Chris Watts' first confession it's kind of a two-part story. The first part of that story is the initial polygraph test, which we're going to look into in this episode, and examine certain aspects of the interview that stood out to me and struck me as unusual, and could perhaps even provide clues to what really happened on the morning of August 13th, 2018. This is The Watts Tapes. I'm your host, Garrett, and this is the seventh chapter in this series. If Chris Watts was thinking clearly, he could have told law enforcement that he wanted to focus on finding his family. He could have said that he didn't have time for the lie detector test, which would have been a waste of their resources when the real criminals were still at large and his family was still missing. Nobody would have blamed him for it. But he didn't. True psychopaths can pass polygraph tests. Not all of them, but some can. Why? Because they don't register emotions the way most of us do. At this point, Agent Lee still hasn't even started the polygraph test. She's just testing Chris. She's asking him questions to figure out exactly what she needs to ask him, and she makes sure not to reveal what she already knows. She asks Chris about everything leading up to his family's disappearance, and then she asks him about everything that happened after their disappearance. Sitting back in her chair, Agent Lee just listens. And then, she gets down to business. So if I ask you on the polygraph test if you physically caused Shanann's disappearance, can you pass that? Yes. She catches Chris off guard. Sitting up in her seat now, she pushes him further. What do you think I mean by that when I'm asking you if you physically caused Shanann's disappearance? If I... What does that mean to you? If you ask me that, like, I feel like you're asking me did I have anything to do with it myself or did I help somebody do it? And I had no part in any of that. And I know it's totally awful to think about, but what are ways, because I need to make sure that you know what I'm talking about. And then she asked a question that kind of caught me by surprise. What are ways that you can make someone disappear? It was out of nowhere, but perfectly placed. And the following conversation would, once again, raise more questions than answers. I mean, like, if you're talking about, like, what I've seen, like, on the movies, or, like, how you, like how people, uh, if you read about other people, I mean, I mean, you hire somebody. Like a hitman? Yeah, I mean, that's, I mean, yeah. I'm just being honest. Nope, that's what I want, that's what I want. Agent Lee pushes Chris further. 
His response is not very creative. That's what I want, because I want you to go through all of these scenarios in your head, because I want you to know for sure what I'm talking about when I say that, you know, asking you if you physically caused her disappearance. Okay, like, like you'd hire somebody, or you'd have a somebody you know that that would do it? I mean, it's like, I don't, I mean, it's hard. And, it's a hard and question to answer. And I know this stuff. It's a hard question to answer. Right. Because uh, I didn't, I didn't have nothing to do with this disappearance. Right. But like, I don't even want to think about like, if I, if if you're asking like how I would do it, it's like no I don't anyone. Like anyone how would how it. would anyone cause someone else's disappearance? I mean, you would. Like you could cause someone's disappearance by murdering them. Would yes. you agree with that? Yes. So what different physical ways could you cause someone's disappearance through murder? You could stab someone, stab right? Stab someone, shoot someone, hit them with a blunt object. Um, what else is there? I mean, use a weapon like gun or a knife. I mean, okay. you could... And then she says it. You could smother someone. Smother someone. You could strangle someone. Hang someone. I mean, yeah, you can... All that kind of thing. They continue talking, imagining every possible way to kill someone. Anyway. To drop them from an airplane. To push them into a meat grinder. To bury them in a giant pit of meatballs. Anything. And this is what Chris says. Um, what other ways can you think of? As far as like, like lure them into a trap, I guess. What do you mean? What? Like you know, like have somebody waiting like around the corner and like you know, an sure. accident that happens hit by a car. I mean, something like that. Sure. Um. Like I don't want to say the same thing there, but um. You could kidnap them and take them and. Lock well, them up in a basement well, somewhere, yeah. or you know what I mean. They they could still be alive, but you like, were they're, they're like torturing. So you can they like to take them somewhere, torture them, and let them sit there without food or water. Mm-hmm. Or even kidnap them and leave them somewhere that they are, you know, yeah. not being tortured. Just, yeah. Just that they can't get out, and you know, obviously they're they've disappeared because you've not allowed them to come back into society and have people see them? Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. What other ways could you make someone disappear? Poison. Okay. Yep. Um. somebody, I guess, to the point, yeah. like, to the point where they're unconscious and they're in a coma. Sure. Um. Let's take a quick break. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. 
Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. So if I ask you that question on the test, Chris, are you going to have any issue with that? About you like, physically causing... Like going through every single one of those? Yeah, like that would be a way okay. you could cause someone's disappearance. Okay. Uh, no, I, I can definitely, like, I can pass. I mean, I... I mean, you could murder them, you could kidnap them, you could take them to another country, you could, you know, bury them in your backyard. You could, yeah. you could do a million things yeah. as far as um, trying to conceal them. Yeah. Right? So that no one can find them. Yes. Because at, at this point, she's gone. Yes. And the girls are gone. Like we don't know where they're at, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're assuming the worst, but hoping the best. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think that you're kind of in that spot too. Yeah. So uh, if I ask you that question, if you physically caused her disappearance, so when I say physically caused, I say it that way because I don't want you to feel. Well, everyone has guilt, right? And I don't want you to feel like, you know what? I um, I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore, so. I probably caused her disappearance because she obviously took off with the girls and because of what I told her that I didn't want to do her I mean, that's, that's why I feel like a jackass right now. Right. So when I ask you the question on the test, I'm not asking you about guilt. I'm not asking you about did you make her feel so horrible that she ended up leaving. I'm saying that you were the one that physically caused her to disappear. Okay. Either by murder, kidnapping, you know, all of those other things okay. that we went through, okay? You want me to list, you want me to list all those? Like, no, no, no. Oh, You're okay. just going to say no to that question. Okay. Right. When I ask you if you physically caused Shanann's disappearance, okay. your answer should be what? No. Right. As Agent Lee and Chris Watts sat in squad room number two of the Frederick Police Department discussing the disappearance of his family and getting ready to start the polygraph test, Investigator William DeWitt of the Firestone Police Department met with agents of the Colorado Bureau of Investigation and a representative from Chris Watts' employer, Anna Darko, Luke Apple, at the Love's Truck Stop in Hudson, Colorado. They were asked by Commander Dave Egan of the Frederick Police Department to assist in searching the area around an oil site in Weld County for anything that might be related to the disappearance of Shanann Watts and her two daughters, Bella and Celeste. Luke Apple led law enforcement to the site, which was known as Surrey 319, and told them that Chris Watts was there in the morning of their disappearance. The site was surrounded by a barbed wire fence, and within that fence to the south was the well, to the northeast of the well was a separator, and to the northwest of the separator was a small tank, and two larger tanks. The agent sent the drone into the air and began surveying the landscape for anything suspicious. Within a few minutes, they saw something. It looked like some type of white cloth in the field to the south of the site. The drone flew in closer and hovered over the white fabric. As the agents walked south towards the material, they came across an area where the ground had been disturbed. It looked like someone had been digging there. And that white fabric agents found? That was a bedsheet. When they reported their findings, they discovered that a fitted bedsheet was reported missing from the Watts' home. This sheet had the same patterns on it. Back in squad room number two, Agent Lee and Chris Watts are ready to get started with the test. At this point, they've already been in that room for hours, and after some preliminary easy question and answers, Agent Lee is ready to get things going. I'm going to play a portion of the polygraph test. Keep in mind that at this point, Chris Watts can still get up and leave at any time. That's what anybody with common sense would do at this point. 
but common sense is one thing that Chris Watts lacks. Do you have any issues with the questions as far as you physically causing Shanann's disappearance? Is there anything that you are like, I don't like how that question is you know, worded, maybe, you know, no. Or does it cause you, or you know exactly what I'm talking about? And I know, yeah, I mean. I, yeah, like, I'm, I'm there. Okay, and as far as um, the last time you saw her, you know, I'm talking about in the bed yeah. when you saw her makeup coming mm-hmm. out of her face, and then if you know where she is now, yeah. having direct knowledge of mm-hmm. where she would be at this moment. Okay? Okay. The test is about to begin. Please remain still. Do you understand that I will only ask you the questions we have discussed? Regarding Shanann's disappearance, do you intend to answer all of the questions truthfully? Yes. Are you now in the state of Colorado? Yes. Before 2018, have you ever wanted to hurt someone to get even with them? No. Are you lying about the last time you saw Shanann? No. The polygraph test has just started and already Chris Watts has failed. He's lying and Agent Lee knows it. The test goes on. But things are already obvious, and the tension in the air could almost be cut with a knife. After the test is done, Agent Lee gets up, collects her computer, and walks out of the room. Chris Watts just sits there, shoulders hunched. So I need to um, go grade this. Okay. So I will move this chair. Do you need to use the rest of anything again? I'm good right now. Okay. The panic look that shot across Chris Watts' face was so obvious that I almost wonder if that was a staged move just to see what he would do and how he would react. Here, we're gonna make our cord real quick. Okay. Do you have any crackers or anything? No, I'm fine. Okay. At this point, he's sweating. The only sound in the room is the ticking of the clock and his heartbeat. As the minutes drag on, he's left alone with his thoughts as agents review the results of the polygraph. At this point, they've already been made aware of what was found at Survey 319, and things are about to get serious. After more than a half hour, Agent Lee returns, but her mood seems different. Her body language says something. She collects all of her equipment and makes small talk. Yeah before taking her stuff and leaving again. When she gets back, she's not alone. Agent Coder is with her, and the two sit down. Chris, I, I'm, 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 I'
To join the discussion and gain access to police reports, interviews, and material related to this episode, head to theunforgivables.com. Content is updated weekly, and you're welcome to review the documents and come to your own conclusions. Thanks for listening to The Watts Tapes. We'll be back next week with a new episode, and you can listen to all the episodes of The Watts Tapes for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, as well as anywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to leave a five-star review. It really does help.